Hello, and welcome to Faking Wit, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we read and discuss a book together. My name is Chinsi, and I love books so much that I'm unable to achieve an orgasm without one. Uh, my name's Dan Offen, and I, whenever I book with Ticketmaster, I don't mind because I love paying booking fees. Um, I'm Alice Burden, and um, I've got a tummy ache because I've eaten too many books. Uh, hello, my name's Professor Haran X. Uh, my favourite band are Booker T and the Moonies. Hello, my name is Ronald Chamberstein, and uh, my favourite town is Bucharest. Thank you very much for joining me today. Um, we are here to discuss Captain Corelli's Mandolin by Louis de Bernier. Uh, now, Louis de Bernier, I thought he was French, but apparently he's British. Um, bit of a mean trick he played on me there. What, what, what did everybody think about that? Um, he, if your name like de Bernier, like, is he really British? This is a, a racist start to the <laughs> Faking It podcast already. I'm coming in strong. I'm coming in strong. Uh, this is a, I think this is a very valid like, point of conversation. I think he can be a British writer, um, even if he has a foreign name. His parents could have been Ian Smith and Debbie Smith, and they could yeah. have wanted them to have a fruit. But he's not, he's not British like us. He doesn't have a British name like me, Chin T. <laughs> <laughs> With Dick Van Dyke, who was British, despite having a Dutch name, and also American, <laughs> also a being born in America. Um, unless you're thinking of him in Mary Poppins with this very realistic English accent. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Glad we cleaned up that it, it, it conversation. Like, I, I was afraid it would get too controversial there, but I think we've navigated those rocky waters with a plum. Thank I think you very he is much. one of the, probably regarded as one of the greatest British writers of the nineties. Oh, really? Um, according to who? According to... Uh, uh, was it the greatest British young British writer? British, yeah, according Granta. to... Granter. Yeah. Uh, it was according to... Granter, hardly even know her. It was Granter, yeah. Or Granter. If he was British, he'd say Granter. Mm. Yes, yeah. absolutely, if he was British. And apparently he is. Apparently so, he is. so I'm just saying. I'm just. Saying, I mean, actually. Know. I'm just asking questions here, people. I'm just asking questions um, as to whether he gets to be British or not. Um, so he wrote um, this. The book we're discussing today is Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Um, won the Commonwealth Writers Prize for Best Book and was shortlisted for the 1994 Sunday Express Book of the Year. Um, what do you think is the lasting appeal? Of Captain Corelli's mandolin. The mandolin. Mm. It's a great instrument, the mandolin. Yeah. It's one of the best. It, it doesn't chime. I know you said mm. chiming. Okay, can we clear up a bit of a, a, a ambi uh, ambiguity about what we're talking about here? Because when I read this book, I thought he was talking about the kitchen utensil. Uh, but you're talking about what? Like an actual instrument? A American what, so folk what kitchen utensil is a mandolin? Oh, it's, you slice vegetables with it. All like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. What, like a like a knife. Yeah, if you it's will. like a small <laughs> guitar. It's a small guitar, and you take a vegetable and you scrape a vegetable on the guitar, and it's very small, so I make a chop. Mm -hmm. You can julienne um, carrots with it. It's a small guitar. You can also play though. It's like a guitar. Okay. In this book, I think it's a guitar. It's a guitar. It's yeah. so we're talking about the musical instrument in the book, but not the actual kitchen when, utensil. When I started reading the book, I did think it was about a small orange. Okay. All right. 
Okay, yeah, no, I can see that as well. The book takes over takes place over about ten years so, as well, so that small orange probably yeah. would have gone off. Or oranges don't well, they get mouldy, but they just shrink. Mandarins they? often shrink and become very hard. I mean, we must have been both confused by the scenes where it describes Corelli playing his mandolin, much to the light of the uh, island inhabitants. Yeah, I didn't know you could play mandarins or a kitchen utensil. I was wondering these people on the island must be really starved for entertainment by this site. You of, can um, play catch of a mandarin. Okay, well, okay. Throw it. So you were, th you th like, like, <laughs> that's what you're interpreting it to be. Like. No, I'm just, I'm just saying one could make that interpretation. I thought, okay, I okay. thought playing with a mandolin is a euphemism for onanism, is it not? Which is essentially a, a motif for this book. It's just one literary so one. Playing with a mandolin or playing with a mandarin. Yeah, is that like a Stephen Milligan? I'm play with my mandolin. I pluck the strings of my mandolin. Yeah, <laughs> my mandolin. <laughs> I will, okay. Well, let me clear that up. From China, what do you think about mandolin? Um, about mandarin. Well, I've got very strand. Uh, I, I've never been able to speak it myself, okay. uh, but uh, I've heard it's a beautiful language. Um, not as good as Cantonese, though. I think, which is a more direct language, quite frankly, which I can also not speak. Uh, ah, okay. yeah. uh, what do you think about the way that in Iron Man three, it was um, the, this was for they they made they made the interpretation of of, of your country and I what do you think? Yeah, that, that was interesting. Um, the character of uh, the Mandarin, uh, who was played by uh, the uh, very Asiatic Ben Kingsley. Yeah, Ben Kingsley. Um, I uh, I mean I think they stuck uh, Sir Benjamin Kingsley. <laughs> Sir Benjamin. Kingsley. You have to call him so bad. King Sally. King Sally. Yes. Otherwise, I'll, <laughs> I'll ring up the podcast and retrospectively <laughs> can yeah. complain. It's going to happen. Bring, bring. Oh, it's me, Sir Ben. I'm very annoyed. I've not been given my proper title. I thought. I th oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Ronald um, calling up his own podcast afterwards to correct me on. Like, well, the I mean, Ronald is known as a Sir Ben Kingsley shill. Uh, <laughs> we are friends. We are good friends. What can you say? It's not you. You know this about me. You know about my my profession. As a as in playing somebody that, who's not your own race. Is that? <laughs> you both share that. Becoming Kingsley, <laughs> you always wish. When he was in Gandhi, you see it? You see when he was yeah. in Gandhi? Yeah. Yeah, that's. I don't like that. Oh. We're not friends anymore, for a little bit. And now we're friends again. It's okay. I forgive you. Okay. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you. We that. cleared that up. Cleared that up again. Um, well, let's get to the. Uh, let's get to the meat of this book Captain Corelli's man Mandolin. Book is set on the uh, Greek island of. Uh, oh, let's see. How am I going to pronounce this? I pronounce this in my head as I was, as I was reading it as Cephalonia. It's Cephalonia. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, Cephalonia. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. What right. Cephalonia? <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Donald Duck is coming! <laughs> He's coming, Donald Duck! <laughs> oh, very impressive! Glad, glad we could <laughs> clarify that. <laughs> but for the time being in the podcast, we just call it Kefalonia. Kefalonia. Kefalonia, yeah. Kefalonia. Um, okay, set on the Greek island of Kefalonia during World War Two. Now, this is a book very much about love in all its myriad forms. 
Um, self love mainly, <laughs> as I alluded to. Because of the euphemism um, yeah. of the t of the title. Yes. Playing yeah. with playing one's mandolin. Exactly. Yeah. I thought it was weird that the people in the village enjoyed watching him play. <laughs> It's mandolin mm. so frequently. In many ways, it makes a lot of the um, musical symbolism in the book uh, a little bit more suspect, really. Very much a precursor to the popular website Live Jasmine, uh, <laughs> in which people can watch people play their mandarins mm. or mandolins or whatever. Or chat roulette, I think you can see. Chat roulette, yeah. you can do that on chat roulette. Is that still a thing? Yeah, I think so. It's always going to be a thing. A Magel. A Magel, I think, is bigger these days than Chat Roulette. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's good. Let's, let's talk about love. Let's talk about love as it is represented in this book. Um, there is a... Um, there's, this is, there's not so much a love triangle in, uh, in Captain Corelli's mandolin as there is a love pentagon, I guess. Uh, Pelagia is in love with... Um, uh, with... That guy, Mandras. That's him, Mandras. Palagia is in love with Mandras. Mandras is in love with Palagia, uh, but Mandras becomes uh, politicized and joins and joins a uh, underground movement of uh, communists who are trying to fight the Italians and the Nazis and Axis forces, and comes back hardened. Palagia then falls in love with Captain Corelli, uh, and then we have uh, Carlo Guerrico. Uh, the, the um, a man who falls in love with his own best friend Francesco, but then transfers his feelings to Captain Corelli. Captain Corelli loves Pelagia, uh, and uh, she eventually ends up falling in love with him as well. How do we compare all these different relationships as they as they um, pan out over the course of the book? It's a mess. It's a hot mess. Mm, mm. A hot um, sexy mess. It's a hot sexy mess. Um, which is probably. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's almost what the title refers to is that all of this love you so it's almost a porn book this mm -hmm. there's a lot of love I mean mm -hmm. it's set in World War 2 but it's very much the sexy side of World War 2 which is why I think it's set in Italy which we all know oh, really, it, it makes yeah. a lot of sense to me though why wouldn't you have a, a lot of sex during a time of war you know like uh, oh, really? yeah no it's it's a it's it's a human reaction all this death happening around you and you just want to you just want to get laid right? suggesting People necrophiliacs. Is that? Well, no, I was. Uh, uh, no, that's not. I don't know why that was the first place your your, your <laughs> mind went. But like, what I'm saying is that it's uh, the the love of life. I guess is a is a reaction to. Uh, yeah. uh, is only natural reaction to loads of people dying around you. I I, I disagree completely. Okay. I think the reason for all of this of this love was because in, in, in Italy at this time in in World War Two. Yes. It was more a lot of bedbugs. Right. Bedbugs were everywhere. Sorry, say that again. Bedbugs. 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 A little insect, he leaves, ah, right, he okay. go in your bed and he bites you. Is there no. a way that we can put subtitles onto this podcast? Yes. Bedbugs. <laughs> there would be. You have a bedbugs website, I think, um, and pieces of paper. Um, you understand? Yes. Bedbugs. Bedbugs. Uh, you have bedbugs all over the show in in Italy. So in order to avoid the bedbugs, you you get 
this person he goes I have bed bugs can I come to your bed I want to sleep in your bed and then he comes to the bed and he's also he does not know they don't understand how the bed bugs come and they jump on you and you have a bed bugs all over all over and because all of you try to avoid the bed bugs so now he's too many bed bugs and he's his whole world everywhere that certainly made a lot of sense to me i think we can agree that i've been very patient with that um, <laughs> i agree but um but like uh, thank you for that thank you for that well any anybody else have any other thoughts about the um the, the different forms of love let's well let's focus about on each let's take each relationship in its turn let's talk about pelagia's relationship with uh, mandras this is in many ways a uh a, a kind of a naive love isn't it these yeah. are two young people who fall in love and it seems very innocent um, but it's not it, it doesn't work out for either of them because of the circumstances of the world of, of World War two really well and women in general oh okay um, I, oh, elaborate they, elaborate they, 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 man, man. we all know that that innocent love never works out because it's just, it's just not with human nature is it okay um, I mean, this is a 90s book. This is a 90s book. Yes. And we knew that in the 90s, um, and also in Britain, this is a British writer, yes. we knew that in the 90s there's very much the root form and the building of new ladderism. Mm. They're kind of way... Ah, okay. That was a f I think this was actually published in the same year that Loaded released its Exactly. First, uh, this is very much issue. a Loaded book. Mm. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the idea of the book is that just love them and leave them, lads. Mm. Uh, mm. Which is mm. what Pell Brina does. Well, yeah, or Mandras, Madras. Mandras, yeah. Mandras, Mandras does well, I, I noticed that Mandras was a fisherman, right? So yes. He, he's probably quite... He likes fish. Yeah, he refused to go down on Pelagia. And I think that's, yeah, that's extremely sexist essentially yeah he expected fellatio he wasn't willing to give Kalilingus back I, I think that is a satire well you're saying that like I mean, despite the fact that he was a fisherman um he wouldn't he didn't down, like fish exactly to, to use that euphemism dramatic to, irony to, to, to lick the mandolin there yes i think he doesn't want to lick the mandolin <laughs> um sorry the mandolin the mandolin yeah sorry yeah. Yeah. Merlin. No, Merlin. <laughs> Merlin is a bird of and i don't know whether is this a sort of some sort of italian thing because in the soprano it's greek the lead soprano doesn't want to Perform the act of Conolingus. Yes, but they so are Greek. We're talking about Greek characters. <laughs> the right lead now. soprano. I mean, top soprano. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they're all Mediterranean. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think it's um, yeah. I think it's a kind of satire against this kind of ladism, this loaded generation. Right. Right. Because yeah. he just like refuses to go them like um, uh, 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 on his girlfriend, effectively. He's a Pelagia. Yeah. Top lad. He's very true. He's he is a top lad. He is top. Well, he's one of the top lads in the book, I'd say. Top no, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, this is a guy who kind of represents, uh, in many ways, the idealism of uh, the, the, the anti-Nazi movement. This is a guy who goes, who thinks nothing of uh, joining up with the resistance movement to fight against the occupying forces in his uh, in his uh, in his home nation. But it, I don't think, but De Bernier has a very uh, positive view of. Uh, People who go to war, even if they're fighting for the right reasons. Um, there's, uh, what do we think of uh, uh, like the fact that Mandras comes back from his experiences in the war, kind of hardened, kind of unpleasant and unable to love uh, Pelagia, even though obviously he was fighting Nazis and all that sort of thing. Uh, mm. I can just say before we get any further, I really don't like Nazis. 
Yes. I really do not like them. If anybody like them, fuck you. So words we can live by. Yeah. Think. What about General Franco? Ah, he's not my favourite one. Okay. <laughs> was he a Nazi? He was not a Nazi. He was a fascist. He wasn't really a fascist though. It's a complicated. Fascist is quite it's quite difficult. Sorry, we're talking about G General James Franco here. Yeah, yeah. Gen yeah. General James Franco. Yeah, yeah, James Franco is a fascist. Okay, okay. I want that on the record. Okay, okay. Um, but General Franco, more of a dictator, corporatist, um, or something. Anyway, uh, what were you saying about the, about war? I, well, he obviously has a negative view of war. Mm, mm. Um, he thinks war is bad. He writes that quite a lot. Mm, right, right. But this um, is um, this is not just any war, right? This is World War Two, where ultimately. If you were going to say that, I mean, war is never good, obviously, but if you were going to talk about a war which might be justified in some way, mm. isn't World War Two one of the good ones? Does he not see it as a uh, as a as a pointless endeavor? Um, it's, I mean, it's a crushing of human spirit, I suppose. Yes, yeah, no, absolutely, it's dehumanizing. It is a dehumanizing event. But I, I, I'm just wondering whether it's a bit naive to basically say like, oh, I'm 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 too tired from fighting all those Nazis to really commit to this relationship, sorry, I'm a bad guy. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he does... Well, we've all heard that excuse, haven't we? <laughs> oh, I'm too, I'm too tired from fighting all these Nazis to sleep with you tonight. On Tinder, this is what they say a lot. Very flaky. Very flaky. <laughs> flaky chicks, they don't say hello. Uh, <laughs> well, Madras is just... He's um, a typical excuse merchant. But does he actually, in the book, I don't think his fighting the Nazis is ever laid out. It might be just something he's claimed. He might have just gone on a lad's holiday. He, he might have just like, yeah, do you reckon he's just gone out there, got a bit pissed, said like, I'm going to, I'm actually fighting Nazis, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's posted a Facebook status on Reddit. Because he's a classic oh, lad, yeah. Posted a Facebook status on Reddit. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, they've had a merger, horizontal merger, so oh, they could point. do that now. Yeah. In the 1990s. <laughs> in the 1990s. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Facebook was open to elite academic institutions before it was released to the public, so you might not be a hmm. It's oh, like... Oh no, but this was not set in the 1990s, so this was set in the 1940s, <laughs> 1940s, but it was written in the 1990s, so you think that this bastard, Louis Bantard, well, he called. was writing this book and say fucking Facebook in 1940s. <coughs> it was an analogue Facebook, it was a book faces. It's like a census, like a census. And then you can write, oh, oh, I don't like Hitler. I don't like Adolf Hitler. I don't like Hitler. And then you could like, you could just, you could like. Wasn't that, wasn't that like a game? I like Guess things. Who as well? Like, there was, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Does he have I, I, mean, I mean, that's where the, the genocide came from, to make Guess Who slightly easier. Mm -hmm. By getting rid of one, <laughs> one of the types type of faces. Of face. You won't have to say it. <laughs> Is he Jewish? Because that won't. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to get back to the book, it's a lot like. Has anyone seen the TV series uh, Sun and Suspicious Parents? I think it's called. Yes. Sun yes. Sea. Sun and Suspicious mm. Parents. It's a lot like uh, Madras has gone off on that and he's ringing up uh, Peregrina. Is Madras the man? Pelagio. Pelagio, and he's going, he's going, oh, I'm fighting the Nazis, but really he's just getting smashed. He is getting smashed. He goes, oh, I'm about off to fight the Nazis now, call you back later, but really he's just. Well, she doesn't actually hear from him. Yeah, he sends her letters. No, he can't write. Yeah, but they don't get delivered. No, he can't read. No, he can't read. He's actually literate, yeah, he's literate. Well, when he got home then and was like, Oh, I thought loads of Nazis, but really it was just nursing a hangover. Claimed it was PTSD, but it was just 
done and it on MDMA. And that's why he raped her. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Like I'm elegantly put, though, Alice. Um, let's let's talk about this. Over. Do you do you do we think that this action where he tries to rape Pelagia is is can this be attributed to war or is this something no, that was within a, himself? It's that massive hangover he has. <laughs> Please elaborate. I think uh, Daniel and my uh, colleague here would be able to. Fill you in. I'm not. I'm not just trying to justify his actions. I'm just. <laughs> it's a difference to people. A lot of the people say is if you try and explain what happened with the Nazis and why they mm. came to power, you're justifying it. But it's it's more of an explanation. I would say he didn't. He was not a good man, and he was turned a worse man by war. Because mm. war corrupts, doesn't it? Would it be fair to say that the nineties were a very different time? The nineties were a different time. It was all right to do that sort of thing, and it was mm. before political correctness went mad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, that sort of thing was all right back then. Mm. Well, you forget the space girls. The space girls were well around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but this was written in nineteen ninety four, which is pre Spice Girls. So it's before girl power. So women didn't know about. Um, well, yeah. it, was, it was after the suffragette movement though. It was after okay. the suffragette movement. But that didn't, they did not make anywhere near as influence as the Spice Girls. Yeah. It's much more important. They were the only people who told people what they wanted, what they really, really wanted. Mm -hmm. Whereas before women only told people what they wanted. It was the Spice Girls who entered the really, really wanted. Mm -hmm. As easy as you got. Yeah. Yeah. Girl power. Girl power. But yeah. did, did Pelagio really, really want man dresses schlong? No, no, because no. that's that's, that's well, well. It, this is an interesting thing because they were they were in love. Yeah. So at one point, yes, but he comes back from the war having not read any of her letters. He never rings. He, he never calls. Literacy. Exactly, okay. and then kind of like tries like tries to rape her. You know, uh, despite the fact that he hasn't been reading any of her letters and has been using um, the World War Two as a cover for this massive sort of piss up that he's been on like uh, on the islands uh, <laughs> on the Balearic Islands yes it? yeah like absolutely. Beef for a bit doesn't it uh, absolutely and, uh, well but because it mostly went to the Greek islands you know second, second class Oh, uh, the soft south half of Cyprus. Oh, what's that one? <laughs> Zanti. Zanti, that's same exactly is the Greek name. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because what you say, you say he goes away, he goes to he goes to his place, and he goes. He say, I am fighting all the Nazis. They are so bad. They are so evil. And then he come back and he goes, I am a rapist now. Come and get you. And he is almost as bad as the Nazis. Yes, I mean it's different. He has become atrocities. a Nazi. Yeah. Well, not Nazis aren't just uniformly bad. He is as bad <laughs> as a Nazi, though. Yeah, I suppose so. If he is gonna jump, well, he has better bugs, and he's got on all his clothes. He has better bugs. He's gonna do rape as well as have a better bugs as bad as Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're basically saying that the true Nazis are rapists. No, the true Nazis are the bedbugs. Oh, sorry, okay, okay, okay. Nazis. It's a metaphor. <laughs> for? <laughs> yes, metaphor. For, for all of the whole, the whole kerfuffle. Okay. All kerfuffle is all a big metaphor. Okay, okay. Let's talk about Carlo Guerrico, who is the uh, homosexual character in the book. 
now this is again another uh, aspect of love that we uh, left to explore. It's a man who is in love with his uh, his friend Francisco, who is tra dies tragically whilst defending, um, uh, whilst attacking the uh, the Greek army. Uh, um, how does what, what are we to make of this relationship of uh, of Carlo Guerrero? To what extent is he just sort of like this? I guess vaguely defined, slightly cliched, tragic homosexual character that we tend to see in a lot of media. Mm. Well, he has quite sort of sassy humor, right? Like where he goes, "Don't tell me to do that, sister." To pa Palacio. He's um, right? Sorry, was he was he deaf as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't, he wasn't so like, do that again, do that hey, again. Okay. I wasn't listening either. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Don't tell me to do that. No, he was, uh, he was, he was, he sounded a bit more deaf to me the last oh, time. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me to do that. <laughs> It's the most offensive even making lit podcast ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know because I'm here. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, they wouldn't be listening to this. They can't hear me. It's not a medium for them, is it? <laughs> but if they're anything that the one demographic we're allowed to piss off. It's true. It's true. In audio format. Mm. Yeah. If, yeah. If you offend somebody in the forest and nobody's there to hear it. Uh, I just want to reiterate for the, uh, the listener, we weren't making fun of deaf people, we were making fun of Aaron's impression of a gay person. <laughs> 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 I'm a sassy person. So please um, direct all your correspondence to fakinglitpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear back from you if you're still listening. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, going back to Carlo Guerrero, uh, this, like I said, I, 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 there is an unfortunate tendency in a lot of like media, film, television, books, um, for a character, a gay character, to die, mm -hmm. and we're we're meant to feel sorry for them, we're we're meant to take pity of them. There's a long, long, long history in, uh, of this, um, and it seems a shame to me that um, Carlo Guerrero, who's like the only uh, gay character in the book. Uh, who dies because he sacrifices his life for Captain Corelli. He uh, takes the bullet meant for him in the firing squad because he is also falling in love with Captain Corelli. I can't help but feel that like um, De Bernier is well-intentioned in his um, attempts to give a, a three-dimension to this homosexual character, but he still ends up falling to that, that pit of like making him a really sad, pitiable homosexual character that we like that I guess doesn't really have a place. We don't have a place for that character anymore in today's society. Do you, do you have a comparison you could make? Uh, classic comparison would be say the Children's Hour. Um, classic play about these two uh, lesbian teachers. Well, oh, yeah. rumored lesbian teachers, mm. uh, and one of them ends up committing suicide because of the nasty stories that uh, are told mm. about them. And the story itself is obviously you feel sympathy for these characters. It's the idea that gay people in media were presented as people that you feel sorry for. That the only way that these writers could make the audience accept them as like just like you and me mm. is by piling tragedy on them. But again, this was the 90s, it was before Winning That's Grace. Very true. Philadelphia had just come out. Right? Philadelphia hadn't come out, there was. Uh, this was after Dog Day Afternoon, but remember in Dog Day Afternoon is a gay character, it's very Al Pacino. Mm, that's true. It's a true. gay Al Pacino. That's true, that's true. Gay, gay Pacino. 
but it's not uh, it's not a well-rounded character. It's before Will and Grace, the first well-rounded gay characters. This is after Nietzsche wrote the gay science, so I mean, surely there's some precedent. And he said, what the gay science? With the yeah. what, what 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 use of the word gay was he using there? Was it gay as in sort of like happy? Gay as in homosexual, or gay yeah. as in a bit lame. Gay as in mint, yeah. Is that your audio <laughs> description of gay? <laughs> Again, like, was he deaf? <laughs> so when you're deaf, you've got <laughs> It's a deaf robot. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm disabled material. No, I'm just saying. I can't I'm find in the synopsis. I can't find the bit um, about the gay man. Um, um, Carlo Guerrero. Carlo yeah. Guerrero. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know Where's why you're reading the synopsis. I assume we've paused at <laughs> this stage. Well, I think you have done him. Ah, there we go. Um, sorry. Well, as we were saying. Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, the, the, the idea of like uh, of homosexuals um, not being, I guess, worthy of the audience's sympathy unless something ludicrously tragic happens. They have to die in order to basically elicit any ounce of empathy from the audience. It's a, yeah, it's a serious point. Um, try and make it funny. <laughs> 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 uh, don't know where to go with it. So, um, so I think do you know I think Harren has probably got some words to say about gay people. Um, he does some good. <laughs> you could do a. Um, well, I, I want to a was good, it, was, a good Im, Im, impression of a gay person for us to kind of demonstrate your point. We'll talk about we're talking about Carlo Guerrico, uh, the only homosexual character in the book, who is part of this sort of like weird connection to the main. Uh, he, he's in love with his best his best friend Francisco, and after Francisco dies, he's kind of left bereft and travels around sadly like with his memories of his friend but then when he meets uh, the uh, titular Captain Corelli, Antonio Corelli he falls in love with this um, character who kind of symbolizes uh, a love of life and music and vitality mm. everything that the war has been about he represents an antithesis to he loves life, he loves music, he hates the war, he doesn't want to be there, he's kind of forced by his circumstances into fighting a, a war which he knows is unjust, he's on the wrong side. So is this man, uh, what do we think about, what does Antonio Corelli kind of um, represent for us, the reader? As a hero, do we like Corelli? Are we on his side? I'm not sure he's a likeable man. Okay. I think he's certainly a man. I mean, we're all anti-war here. Yes, of course. This is, uh, I want it to be known as an anti-war podcast. Mm -hmm. But I do think Captain Crowley's a little bit preachy. He's always going on, oh, well, wasn't war bad? Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes you want to hear the upsides of war. Mm -hmm. Everyone's in the war. It's yeah. World War Two. It's yeah. the biggest war ever. Yeah, it's yeah. the bumper war. It's the war to end all wars. Absolutely. And I know most people said World War One was that. That's true. But they were wrong. I'm just wondering, though, I'm just wondering whether it would be seemly for a man who fought for the Axis powers to be talking about how amazing war is. Well, this is the 90s. It was a different time, and also it's the 90s about the 40s. Yeah. In the in the in the in the war, the Nazis weren't like, oh, we're really naughty. 
They were Skeletor. Okay. I'm just saying the Nazis were more complex than Skeletor. <laughs> Think about Skeletor. What makes Skeletor such a great villain? And a skeleton face. He's got a skeleton face. That's key. But also, Skeletor knows he's a dick. Yes, that's true. Whereas... Didn't I wear a lot of clothing either. He didn't wear a lot... No, he wore big... He wore bondage harness. Yeah, very good body. Very good body. He had very little... What was we, up we with that? No he had an amazing body and a skull for a face. Mm. Like, it's true. Like, but he knew he was a baddie. That's what happens when you miss head day. Right? Whereas... Skip head day. Uh, face day. Yeah, face day. <laughs> face day. <laughs> Good to smile Give life. me 85 <laughs> smiles. Well, it's a frown because it takes more muscles to frown. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's true. true. Yes, I think that's true. <laughs> I think that's something that Captain Corelli would say. <laughs> In fact, he does. He says it to everyone. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. <laughs> it takes less muscles to fart than it does to not <laughs> <laughs> um so we have talked about um the way the different forms of love that are in captain corelli's mandolin in many ways captain corelli's mandolin is a love story right mm. we were all agreed that the main uh, arc of this uh book is this slow developing love between captain corelli and pelagia uh and uh, the way that the book ends us uh ends upon is that pelagia uh and corelli can't be together, ultimately separated because of circumstances of the warp. Uh, Corelli has to flee uh, in order to uh, uh, preserve his own life. And the book ends on a poignant note where he returns to Kefalonia uh, uh, years later as an old man, now having become a famous mandolin player, and he is briefly reunited with the love of his life. I felt that the tr central tragedy of the book is the fact that they never get together, and it's basically a very long way of saying like war is bad because these two people don't get together. Well, war's bad for more reasons than a But particularly because these two- Yeah, life's not just about- <laughs> Hitler was a bit of a cock block, right? Like, we, we're all agreed, mm. right? Well, he, be fair, he did get married and then immediately killed himself. <laughs> so, I mean, in a way, he oh, cock blocked his wife. Mm. Pretty hard. <laughs> He's very no, he cock block himself. He, yeah, it's true. He's a cock block on him. On you. Blocker. <laughs> Why are you making fun of me? <laughs> Why are you making a funny of me? I come, I'm sorry, I apologize. I've grown up it. here since I was a baby in England and now I have a slight accent. <laughs> and you make so much funny of me because Hitler is a cock block on himself. Mm, yes. I, 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 can't. I think that's a very good point that Dan's made here. Uh, Hitler being the ultimate cock block. <laughs> Uh, that he, he he's such a cock block that he he cock blocked himself. So uh, so do you think that I mean I can't help but be end up being a little bit disappointed. Doesn't Pelagia deserves her happy ending, um, and she kind of she, she gets a baby. She does get a baby. I guess. Uh, but whose is it? But is a baby any substitute for you know getting the D? Is what I'm saying. A baby is well, when you get a, a D. Of that, yeah, isn't it? You get a D. You yeah, get that's what I'm saying. You get the, you, 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 This is a case where she didn't get the D, but she yeah. still ended up with a baby. But she didn't so get, the the Mary. get the Virgin Mary. Say you she's the Virgin Mary. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't her baby. It was a baby that was left on the steps of her household. She adopts the baby. But oh, it does okay. not matter. It's still a baby. It's the same as a D. <laughs> Somebody got the D, but not Pelagia. 
But well, God around comes around. Mm. Does that, that get baby will grow up one day with the Oedipus complex, and then she'll get it's the D. And give a D. It's, it's a, a girl. Baby. Just a female baby. <laughs> it will get or give a D. Well, God around comes around. She's not gonna fuck her baby. <laughs> no, you're not understand. Not if Hitler has anything to do with it. As we all sure. know, men love women who already have babies. So, <laughs> that's a very high chance. It's true, it's that, true. Um, Palladio will get laid more often because of the sexy baby, not sexy baby. Oi. Uh, <laughs> I think there's nothing that the, the man doesn't say too much. I think <laughs> the baby, the baby makes her sexy. Yeah, it right? makes her sexy. She it makes her a MILF. It's a sexy baby. Which, it is a sexy would she, baby. Would you breastfeed the baby if it's adopted? No. With them round titties. You can't breastfeed a baby if you haven't been pregnant. Well, okay. some women can, but that's like a <laughs> medical anomaly. Okay. But you have to be, you have to have the hormones in your body from having a baby to be able to lactate. But what okay. if, uh, what if, if you take the baby, you rub the baby, you hug him a lot, or head, mm. either, can you get some? Well, some women, some women spontaneously lactate when they see mm. babies. They so something wrong with them. I've I've read about it in Cosmo. Can you prove uh, that? Is that actually a real thing? Is that a book? I've not heard of this book. It's really good, really good book. Is it? Well, it's it's more it's in section, so it comes out every month. Yeah, periodical. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's, Dickens, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Why do they call it Cosmo? Short for cosmopolitan. Oh. It's for the it's for the, the, uh, the person about, about town. I thought it was about um the character from um Seinfeld, um Kramer. Right? Kramer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Kramer Okay. So we uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the same. That's about adoption, isn't it? Kramer versus Kramer. No, it's about a divorce. <laughs> it's about divorce. Uh Kramer from Seinfeld is divorcing Meryl Streep. Oh because okay. he, he gets annoyed because he does too much physical. But there's a, there's a, okay, yeah. So Oh, yeah, he comes right. out of a crazy scheme. He's like, oh, I don't come up with this crazy scheme, Kramer. But he <laughs> yeah. does it anyway. Okay. He's going to make the whole apartment levels. It's a disaster. But wait, Meryl Streep. Meryl so Streep. Meryl Streep, and she goes with Kramer, and then she says, you know, Kramer, I don't want to get on you anymore. <laughs> Our relationship is over. Is that correct? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that was that, that, actually that was a literal word for word. Uh, <laughs> you, need to, you need to work out this accent because <laughs> that was not that can't go in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, we talked a lot about love in this book, uh, in different forms. Let's talk about war. I, I, obviously, it, it seems like it's stating the obvious at this point. But Louis de Bernier does not like war. Uh, but isn't that a bit of a rote message? Do you think that he's able to elevate it beyond that, oh, war's bad? Yeah, yeah, we get the point. Well, we've kind of talked before um, about how he doesn't understand the complexity of the Second World War. Yes, that he he sees someone going off to find the fight the Nazis as somewhat a negative thing, and he finds negatives in any form of resistance against fascism, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I think is sad, um, because as we all know, fascism is bad. I mean, you wouldn't. We, we talked about Skeletor before being the archetypal evil. You wouldn't say, oh, he man's going off to fight wars with man at arms, and woman at arms, and Tila. Tila, mm -hmm. that's the name of the tiger, isn't it? No, no, that's uh, the the girl. Yeah. The girl. Yeah, yeah, there was a girl called Tila. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. 
um, anyway sorry I've not read that book in a long time <laughs> so <laughs> I can't be held accountable but isn't it by Nietzsche by Nietzsche yeah, yeah, yeah. Nietzsche's He-Man the, the the perfect man but I, I find that his analysis doesn't misses that sometimes war can be a positive I mean it's not a positive because war is a negative thing but in difficult circumstances yeah. we have to find positives and he can only find negative in it but this is a justified war in some ways like, well obviously we're seeing it from the point of view of the Italian Axis soldiers but like it seems like a simplistic reading of a, mm. a, of a war uh, to defeat a massive cockrock Yes, it's true. But doesn't it... Because the Italians are not a warring people. Yeah. I mean, we all know how bad the Italians are at war. Makes me wonder, considering the stereotype about Italian men, why would they ever agree to an alliance with a massive cockblock? Well, they didn't. That's what Captain, Captain Quo's Mandarin is about. It's about they accept this analysis. They just want to ride around on mopeds. They don't want to do anything else but ride around on mopeds. But they have to fight this stupid war. Mm, because of Mussolini. And it's turned the Italian character different because of, mm. uh, because of Mussolini. Mm. It's, turned it's a betrayal of everything they stand for. Exactly. Itali Italy's about love, but wars are about hate. Mm. Um, mm. And I, I guess that makes this a simplistic book in that it's got this di stupid singular dichotomy. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a message there. I'm sure. <laughs> what was everybody else saying? I about agree. This? I think it's a very astute point mm. to say about this book. Yeah, this book has lots of words, lots of chapters. How long is this book? I can't it's remember. Long it's enough. Long. It's very long. It's quite short. For what it is, it's long enough. The Wikipedia summary is very long. I have not, not read I've read the book, but I also have to look up the summary. It's a long summary. Mm. I remember how long that summary was. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, Therefore, of a lot of stuff happens in the book. Yes. The amount of pages yeah. that there are. Well, it's also that they're all Italian, so their names are very long, which kind of elongates the book. Mm. Well, they are actually Greek, but yeah. Greek, Italian. It's Mediterranean. Comsi, mm. Comsa. I mean, Raskolnikov, what kind of stupid Greek name is that? That's not a Greek name. <laughs> yes, that was a joke. <laughs> you that. Was no. it a good joke? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good joke. Let's, uh, let's talk about... <laughs> we've been talking about Nazis uh, in a kind of a vague way. Let's talk about the character Gunther Webb. This is the uh, commander of the uh, Nazi uh, soldiers who is given the order to kill the Italian division who because they refuse to give up their arms. Uh, now, obviously, this is based on a real-life event that actually happened in World War II, uh, a known atrocity, a similar sort of circumstances, and inspired the book. Uh, but Webb, Gunther Webb, is kind of portrayed in a very sympathetic light. I, I, I think like there's a lot to be said for the humanistic uh, uh, approach that Bernier has uh, in this book. Yeah, sure, we're all human beings, we're trying to do the best we can. Are we? <laughs> yes, that's true. There's a suggestion that are we all white. human beings? Mm. There well, is are we trying to do the best we can, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> what? There's a suggestion that someone might be lizard men. Mm. Well, lizard, well, lizard men always try their best, though. I know that. For do a fact. they? Yeah. Lazy. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 just lizards going along their daily life, trying to do the best they can. They're, they're Lizardists, <coughs> uh, but humans 
I'm sorry, can. but she's clearly aping somebody with a speech impediment. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't take her up on that. What? Apparently I could understand everything she was saying clearly. <laughs> it might be coming out at a very slow pace. <laughs> <laughs> like she couldn't decide which words to choose before it came out of her mouth, but. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. I have a tummy ache from eating too many books. <laughs> exactly. Don't be mean. Exactly. Look, we're all trying to do the best we can. Is is what I'm trying to say. Um, uh, <laughs> and I guess that includes Nazis. As well. <laughs> okay. So when we talk about Cap Capitan Vermicelli and he has, <laughs> he's gone around and he's had a he had a wife. But if it's not a wife, she, they cannot be in love. They have to go in love. Now you make fun of my speech impediment. I'm sorry, sorry. Just, what is this thing you call love? Uh, what is love? Baby, don't love me. Don't love me no more. I am not. I am not going to leave. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No mob. <laughs> it's a reference of the time. It helped to explain the all 19, of it. Yeah, so Captain Vermicelli has his boat. He's on a boat. They're all okay. And the Nazis are there too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then a baby comes and he has to go home. But in Greece, now we have to think about what this means for Greece of today. Mm. What how the culture mm -hmm response to the Nazis and all of these other things that have happened. So if you think about this, then you don't really stop to understand anything, but you just, you, you observe. Mm. Right, right, right. <laughs> all you need is You fucking bastards. <laughs> You fucking bastard. <laughs> I've been here since oh, I was a little dude. boy. Chill, loves chill, you, chill, yeah, chill. Yeah, yeah. She loves you, yeb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better if I look like oh. yeb. <laughs> no, it can't be bad. <laughs> <laughs> can you keep yeah. this bit in uh, so yeah. I can use it in court when <laughs> I have to say his sons of a bitch is in I think he's racist. He voted for Michael Gove. <laughs> uh, <yes. laughs> what do you mean, Michael God? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, dear. Um, annoyed. I think doing two. <laughs> I think doing two podcasts in a row might have been a mistake. <laughs> right. This book is boring. It's 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 a long book, isn't it? It's a no, long book. No, it's not long. It's just boring. I don't know. I've I've got a copy of the book it's somewhere here. It's a relatively normal sized book. <laughs> but it's not that great. Who chose this piece of shit? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done Funny God Little, but then anyway, that's about school shooting, which could have been fucking serious. I love books about that. <laughs> I mean, this comes back to my original point. Why has this book been embraced by the uh, mainstream? Why is um, it such a? Why does it remain such a popular book? Because it's so funny. <laughs> well, it's, it's about not cockblocking at the end of the day. I think Neil Strauss. Well, it's, a the game. It's, a, it's a love. Yeah. It's a love it's story. A, it's a very nineties love story, though, mm. isn't it? It's a nourishing tale full of true things, historical and psychological, spiced with opinion and contrariness. Spice and it gems. hasn't got one dollop of regard for artistic fashion. 
I agree. I agree mm. with all of the things that you just read. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's got a golden narrative for both pain and gladness. <laughs> what Malcolm gladness? You <laughs> <laughs> spend 10,000 hours being happy, then. Yeah. Eventually, you know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should we see like a Malcolm Gladwell bun? <laughs> it's like the, the, the lawyer friendly Malcolm Gladwell. No, I'm Malcolm Gladness. Let's talk about art. Um, the function of art within Captain Corelli's mandolin. Why do you think Captain Corelli is a musician? Because he's. Because girls, girls. Why, what was the choice of. Why did you think that, that Bernie Abe decided Girls love folks with a. They, they, yeah. they love they love like a guy who can play an instrument they love it they love it it's yeah. a, no it's, it's again it's a 90s lad thing isn't it yeah. he sees what he wanted to be a Britpopper I mean I know it's set in the 40s but mm. it's it proto Britpop yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. what he's doing proto Greek Britpop mm. he loves he loves that sort of thing he's trying to impress the ladies right because I mean Captain Corelli he comes back from the war uh What's his face is off fighting Nazis? Uh, Carlo. Oh, no, Carlo, sorry. Um, Mandus. Mandus. Yes. He's off fighting Nazis. He comes back and he seduces his woman. And uh, we can all say Mandus is a bad man because of the bad things that he's done. But Captain Corelli does steal his bird. Uh, well, I think he's dead. They do think he's dead, yeah. They, uh, Pelagia does think that Mandus is dead at that point. Is that. It's an excuse, isn't it? Really? Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody dies, you still have love for them, don't you? Yeah, but like, I yeah, but you've got to move on at some point, yeah. And Captain Corelli comes in, shoulder to cry on, Mandarin to listen to. Mandarin. Uh, to his cry Mandarin on. strumming his Mandarin, hmm. and uh, she goes, "Oh, I love that." Like a lunatic. Yeah. He comes back. Well, but I mean, this is very. Yeah, there's different kinds of love. You'll you'll sort of allude to eros. Yeah, but you can sort of have eros with a dead relative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, like you're talking about like this is an like we had the love discussion before. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, but like no, what you've said is very true. Very different varieties of love. Yeah. Uh, uh, remaining true to like um this person. But then this is like the first relationship, isn't it? You, you everybody has their the, their first love, which fizzles out. Mm. But you, you 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 would have the love discussion before we have. But in art, art is often love. Mm-hmm. Yes. How much art is about love? Yes. Yeah. The you, there's a big thing in Philadelphia, which is the letters L O V E. Exactly. Exactly. It's the film Love Story, Love Actually, yes, which is one of the greatest pieces of art ever made. Yes. And that mm. is most eighty percent of Love Actually is about love. Yes, mm. the yes. other twenty percent is Hitler. About Hitler. Yeah. Um, we're talking about art. We were talking yeah, about so art. much of art is about love. Mm. Yes, mm. Um, art, uh, art itself is it seen as perhaps more powerful than love itself in this book, or is, is love ultimately uh, the, the the main focus of this novel? Love is transient. Everyone knows that bitches will leave you. And that's a ni- it's a 90s book. And I'm not saying that's what I think. I'm saying that's what uh, the man who wrote this book uh, thinks. Is that the bitches will leave you. So you gotta, you got to learn to play the mandarin or mandolin. Or whatever you can find. Mm-hmm. And then you get some more. You'll be alright, mate. Do you know where I can get mandarin lessons? Um, so is. So is, yeah. <laughs> Although they'll do, they'll be really politicised. In Palestine, it's not allowed to play a mandolin, but you can play a mandolin. Yeah, 
That's exactly how it goes. I like how whatever I say, you just say, yeah. <laughs> it's really good for me as a native English person. What do you think this book is about? I um, think masturbation. Masturbation is the main <laughs> theme of this book. It's a He's masturbatory book. A master masturbatory masturbatory yeah. book. It's a masturbatory book, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Both in content and style. As World War Two stories go, how does this compare to say something like Saving Private Ryan? I think it's better. I think, but I'm not a big fan of Saving Private Ryan. It doesn't include any musical instruments. It doesn't include anyone in love. Right. Saving Private Ryan's only got men in it. Uh, there's that girl that gets rescued. Yeah, she doesn't say anything, does she? Nah, she kind of cries a bit. Kind of cries. So you think it's a better World War Two story than Saving Private Ryan? Is it I think this is a World War Two story for nineties lads, and I, I, I think nineties lads are an underrepresented demographic. Right. Uh, and I think this is a great book for giving them a chance and teaching them about history. Teaching about history, making them realise that not everything's about. Uh, Bagging tunes and top lads. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, what does everyone else think? Uh, do you, do you I, I've not seen Saving Ryan. Okay, so <laughs> um, what other World War Two epics have you seen? War and Peace. That was the not <laughs> Second World War. That was the Russia. That was well, no, the narrative. <laughs> yeah, there was war, and then there was peace. That, that wasn't that's Second how, that's World how the World War Two narrative went. <laughs> but no, but War and Peace itself is not about World War Two. Well, there's one the war that goes with war and peace. <laughs> yeah, there's no other wars. World War Two yeah. is the only war. Well, that I can think yeah. of. even though it's called World War Two, because <laughs> no, they, they went straight to the, the second one. It's like um, the artist formerly known as Prince. Well, like Hot Shots Part Two. Uh, yeah. Like, or Star Wars. Like Star Wars start Episode Four. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. Didn't you ever ask one day to yourself though? What was World War One? Then they found out it was. It was. The... It never happened, did it? It didn't really happen. It was more like the Cold War. It's not really. A... Nothing really happened there, did it? Um, no, that's true, but that's another war, isn't it, technically? Like, it's not really a war, I don't think the Cold War's a war. I mean, the, the War with the Roses, what happened there? They just got rid of the big triangle one. What? <laughs> it's true, they did. Yeah. Well, they, that's the that worst what? rose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The big triangle rose. The, the triangle green one. Oh, sorry, okay, okay. I thought you were talking about the flower, you are talking about the chocolates. Actually. No, obviously, did you not know about the War with the Roses? No, I did not know about this, please elaborate. Those are qualities, too. <laughs> Yo, what? The, the galaxy truffle, that's, they got rid of that from... Celebrations. That was like the genocide in the <laughs> that world. That was terrible, roses. that was a terrible, that was a terrible time for humankind. Alice, resident expert on various chocolate boxes. Mm. Yeah, I am. I am a woman, <laughs> after all. What? She calls her anus the chocolate box. <laughs> that's terrible because I thought you were going to call it the chocolate factory at the very least but like, it's like the chocolate box one it's not even like box the shape what, the what kind of anus is that it's like a square blocky anus the the chocolate the damn I have a square penis yeah it's like when, when they have sex it's like Tetris <laughs> with the chocolate factory in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> should we do some closing remarks? Yeah, I think we should we should wrap this up. We should wrap this up. Um did we enjoy this book, Dan? I did. Um I I mean like you know that I've a long term been a scholar of nineties ladism. <laughs> I've wrote twelve dissertations on mm. it. Uh, so I think this was an interesting book to read 
to kind of reinforce that idea, to kind of talk about 90s lads are often represented as negative, um, as they don't know what they want, what they really, really want. People don't know that they've got to, they don't, people think they don't know they've got to get with people's friends. Mm -hmm. But the 90s and the lads from the 90s were more than this. And I think this harks back to show that 90s lads had roots from the 40s and all of that stuff. It's an interesting book. Um, I do think it's somewhat preachy and I think it lacks a human story despite all of the humans in it. Okay, okay. Um, like the film Humans, which mainly involves robots. Um, I think this is a book about cultures and ideas rather than people. Hmm, interesting. And top lads listen to top tunes. Right, right, right. Smashing top birds. Right. I think like it's a fair assessment of this um, of, of this book. Um, Alice, what did you think of this book? Oh, did you like it? Very boring. No, not not a big fan at all. Um, I mean, I read the book, mm -hmm. um, and it was it was good, but it was also kind of boring. And I don't know, I just haven't, I just didn't enjoy it. It's not a criticism that I I, I hear often. It was good, but it was boring. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was just too much about like love and shit, and I don't know. Just How do you think he could have improved this book? Oh, just like some exciting stuff happening in the book I think just like not just like people just like walking around this idyllic island playing music and falling in love with each other because that's just boring aside from the war <laughs> what's not exciting for you oh no I skipped that bit because I, I find bits about war really boring alright oh, okay. I never read you, the war bits you only read peace and then Tolstoy's book. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, I skipped yeah. that bit as well. Yeah. And um, in Atonement, I skipped out the whole middle section. Um, that was really, really boring. That's why you've not seen Saving Private You only watched the credits of Saving mm -hmm. Private Ryan. I seem to remember. So when you listen to the Edwin yeah. Starr song, like, War, <laughs> you only get to the bit that says absolutely nothing. Mm. Yeah. So you just listen to her. <laughs> yeah, I just, just listen just to like her. H.G. Wells, you only, you only read of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know it can make for a bit of confusing reading, but I just really hate books about war. So is like Warren Mitchell, like just Ren Mitchell to you then? Yeah. What about Sun Tzu's The Art of War? It's got art in it. Yeah, I like, I, well art's fine, but um, <laughs> war she, is the worst. When she so goes boring. to Warren Street, uh, just before the train pulls mm. into the station, she presses the alarm mm. <laughs> and then uh, pushes yeah. open the doors so she only gets in and the red street. <laughs> Do you not like the jellyfish, the Portuguese man of <laughs> No. Okay, so Khatif, if someone says Alice, do you want to watch Saw or About the Boy? Do you, do you not hear the middle part because it's Saw or Saw or About the Boy? Oh, well, I'd always choose About the Boy. I wouldn't choose Saw or. Yeah, right? but this, this is what I mean. You said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying. What's Saw? Saw or. Oh, Saw. <laughs> Saw or about a boy. Um, what a good joke. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I don't really watch films. Mostly books? Yeah, I watch books mostly. Good, good. Do you read them? No, I just watch the pages. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, yeah, boring book, too much war. How about you, Harren? 
Um, well, I would agree, yeah, there's quite a lot of war in there. But um, I quite like the kind of onanistic references. Kind of, yeah, uh-huh. I, I thought, well, I say like, I, I mean, I hated them. Uh, I thought yeah, this was... It's kind of a turnaround. Yes. <laughs> when you said like, you actually meant hate. Yes. You can I do like that in Facebook now. Mm-hmm. You like, you can do the angry yeah, face, yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. kind of means hate. Something's called Moore's Law. Um, irony doesn't really come across on the internet. Okay. okay yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, uh, no, I, I just thought, yeah, I, uh, polishing my mandolin was a euphemism yes. for onanism, and I think this whole thing was a big. Of course, you don't polish a mandolin. You. you Play it, don't you? Well, you even increase it. Strum your string. Sure, yeah. but if you're going to sell it on eBay, then you'll probably have to polish it. Before Is that. there a chance that possibly when you read those references, you became distracted and therefore couldn't read the rest of the book? Because the book became sticky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think this book was a big waste of both types of paper <laughs> tissue and printing paper. And I couldn't read the book because I found myself blind by the end of it, for some reason. <laughs> and your, yeah. your palms were too hairy to turn pages. It's difficult. Yeah. So you, you, <laughs> I don't think I'm closer to knowing whether you actually like this book or not, though. I had a big wank when I read this book. <laughs> That's essentially. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure whether that means you liked it or you didn't like it. Are you a masochist? Um, <laughs> yes. I feel like the answer is yes. Um, I was choking while I was reading this book, but it was it was good. Okay, you, you ultimately is it dangerous? You shouldn't do that. <laughs> well, it gave me about thirty seconds of pleasure. I was also, yeah. And and it was the build up to that bit of pleasure, right, which is right. quite good. And then afterwards, I felt quite guilty. So ultimately, like strong beginning, but let down by the ending. It's um, almost like the book itself. No, that's very true. That's very. That's, uh, that's a very, uh, well, very uh, succinct way of putting it. That is the book itself. What are you referring to? See, <laughs> <laughs> so now you're referring to some sort of autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> oh, is that not? Look, okay, I lost my. <laughs> um, did you love the book or do you hate it? I hate the book. The book is okay, no problems, mm-hmm. apart from all of the ones that I've mentioned mm-hmm, up until mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to repeat for anybody who is busy for time. <laughs> we have many minutes of good material. <laughs> um, uh, would you recommend this book to other people? No. Okay. But it's very good. But I would not recommend because I want to keep some of this book for my personal enjoyment. Do you think that by sharing the book that yeah, cuts into your personal much enjoyment? Less, much less. Much less happy for me. Much less happy for you. Much less happy for you. I get what he's saying though because I think it is a book of its time. And that's what I was saying about my 90s lad. I think if you weren't a 90s lad, as many of us were, mm. um, I think all of us around this table were 90s lads. Mm-hmm. Well, I was a child in the 90s, so yes. I suppose there was a in that sense, a lad, yes, young exactly. lad. <laughs> but I think if you weren't of the time of the time it was written, then I don't think you'll understand it. And I think it's probably best to just burn it if you come across it. <laughs> I agree. That's a fully 
but I hate Nazis. Yeah. Can you can you make sure? Yeah. I say in the one time. I will absolutely. <laughs> no, I think we should. No. Wait. Four times. Four times. I don't like Nazis. I say again. I hate Nazis. Nazis are mean. Okay. I think we can get that in. Well. I think that about wraps it up for uh, this week's episode. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for uh, discussing Captain Corelli's mandolin with me. Um, hopefully we'll see you again next week. Uh, if not, well, too bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name's been Shinty. You've been listening to Baking Link. Bye! Bye. Bye.